march toward wokeism and globalism is like two demons skipping through the park holding hands together and singing songs about the destruction of Western civilization and the biblical foundations of our culture. These two godless ideologies continue to erode the Christian heritage of the West, both in Canada and around the whole world. These cultural behemoths have no respect for borders of sovereign nations. In today's episode, we'll call out the wickedness, help you see where the cancer is growing, and by doing so, we can discuss how to best deal with worldviews that want to come for your children and grandchildren. The answer, as we'll see, and as we've known for some time now, is small steps, simple habits, and local initiatives. Take responsibility for the education of your children, foster a godly home, connect with a good church, be good stewards of all that you have, and do not silence yourself in the face of opposition. It's very doable. It's August 8th. I'm Angie Bartolo. That's Matt Halleck. This is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you have joined us yet again on the program. And we would just like to remind you that our show is produced in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week. Liberty uh, Coalition Canada exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand. Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. If you feel inclined to prayerfully consider leaving a donation, we would ask that you would go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. You can scan that helpful QR code at the bottom as well. It'll take you right there. Well, you're over there if you want to support our show so we can push back against mainstream media lies, push back against all the nonsense that's going into censoring tech uh, or censoring news platforms online, all these things. Click on that analysis show tab and then you can leave a donation with with us through there. Donations submitted directly uh, to Christian Week for uh, checks and cash, etc., and you can get a charitable tax receipt for that. Um, and if you want to help our other initiatives, be sure to go over and click on the other initiatives tab, and that can help you support our legal funds, etc. Also, just want to let you know there is a cool new uh, option when you are on that uh, donation page. You will see an option to pay anonymously through Bitcoin, which our dear friends at Bull Bitcoin helped us do. So thanks to them for doing that and we just ask that you would prayerfully consider leaving a donation to help support us today also all our content over at the flf network flfnetwork.com you also can get us on their handy little app which you can get on your google play or your apple app stores and we would just suggest that you go do that it's very helpful and all things over uh all things lcc are over at libertycoalitioncanada.com we would just ask that you would go over there check it out and sign up for our email list we do appreciate you doing that also andrew mailbag question for today what do you have for us mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com so I'm curious to know people who've changed their educational 
options or educational practices for their children. If you in the past have had your kids in public school or, you know, kind of Christian school, and you've decided that this year coming up, you're going to be homeschooling your kids or maybe moving them into a classical Christian school, let us know why. Give us your answers as long and as short as you would like. Mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. And if your children have been in public school historically, you're a believer, you watch this show so you understand what's happening in the world, in culture, in the education system, and you are still sending your kids to public school, we would also like to know why. Give us uh, insight into your thinking and what goes behind the decision to have your kids in public school, which if you listen to the show for any length of time, you will know that we have some strong opinions on that. Uh, very strong opinions on that, actually. So in both cases, let us know. Reach out to us, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. You know, before now we, is not the time to Andrew, sit. before we move on, just want to apologize to our listeners. We were going to release an episode on Tuesday, but we had a local pow power outage here <laughs> in Manitoba that totally destroyed... In Nowheresville, our, Manitoba. Yeah, that totally destroyed our our uh, recording in the midst of it, uh, and that kind of set us back. It was uh, a, a severe power outage in our area, so that unfortunately we were providentially hindered from putting out a program, and it seems today, for whatever reason, your internet's a little fuzzy and a little funky on your end, so if if... Andrew's a little fuzzy. Bear with us. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes technology, though it is our friend in allowing us to do this, can be a fickle mistress. It doesn't matter how fuzzy my face is. It's still yeah. gorgeous. And so yeah. it's still, it's still well, a treat for the, the eyes, thing. even yeah. if it looks like the blur is on. In yeah. any event, <laughs> now is not the time to sit idly by and hope that our power-driven systems will simply resolve themselves. Not after three years of heartache, loss, and despair. Our families deserve better. Our communities deserve better. Our nation deserves better. We don't expect the government to fix our financial future. We create our own economy. Barterit is a community of people who are passionate about shopping local, freedom of choice, and free speech while creating new pathways for a true parallel economy. Head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter today and click on Barterit for individu individuals. That's the box on the left make sure that you sign up as a VIP before the official launch and you'll get a lifetime subscription, premium, sorry, free premium listings and 1000 bits to spend in the system. That's the equivalent of $1,000 Canadian for valuation purposes. That is $1,500 worth of value for $197. What are you waiting for? LibertyCoalitionCanada.com slash barter today. And why do we need something like barter it? Well, because the push towards globalism is steady and deliberate. The left is in no rush. They're all about the long game. And we have seen in our nation and even just the last couple weeks in terms of the stories we want to cover, we've seen a creeping totalitarianism happening really on four fronts. And we have a bunch of stories to cover that is going to touch on all four of these fronts. So we have the issue of diseases and pandemics climate alarmism, food production, and surveillance and travel. So let's let's dive right in. Here's a panel discussion from the WEF meeting in Davos that's titled State of the Pandemic, where the CEO of Moderna, Stefan Bansell, discusses vaccine development. Now, we didn't play this clip 
when we covered the WEF meeting in Davos several months ago, uh, I was actually unaware of this. This flew under the radar because it's just an offhand comment that he makes. But having been brought to our attention, we think it deserves special attention. I'm going to go with uh, Stefan Bansel. Uh, let's talk about vaccine development, because we've heard how it happened, obviously, with COVID-19 starting from 2022 and how extraordinary the process was also in terms of the speed. How is development adoption and scaling of vaccine going on when it comes for different variants and subvariants? Because this is one of the big concerns as, we, as we're all here now and we're discussing, we, we understand the context and this is a great deal. Sure. Well, good morning and thank you for having me on the panel. Um, so the great news versus 2020, where we are today, is we have manufacturing capacity. As Seth knows, when the pandemic happened, Moderna had made 100,000 doses in 2019 for the whole year. And I remember walking after Davos into the office of my head of manufacturing, and I say, how do we make a billion doses next year? And they look at me a bit funny, say, what? Uh, I say, yeah, we need to make a billion doses next year. There's going to be a pandemic. Woo. Did you, did, you, did you catch that? Were you paying attention? So if you're a normal person, you, like the rest of the world, believe that the COVID-19 pandemic really gripped the world in February and March of 2020. This is when the lockdowns first began. This is when we were told that things were happening. This is when my daughter was brought to the emergency room because of a very high fever. This would have been in mid-February. And we were told by nurses there, yeah, there appears to be this new flu, this new virus that's going around. So if you're a normal person, you thought that 2020 was really when COVID began. But here you have the CEO of Moderna saying that when the pandemic began in 2019, Moderna had made 100,000 doses in 2019 for that year. 2019, that's before we knew about COVID, right? How about the end there? Did you hear the end? He walked into the office of manufacturing and said they needed to make a billion doses next year, as in 2020, which is when we discovered supposedly that this virus was actually ravaging the world. But he says that in 2019, he told manufacturing, we need a billion doses for 2020 because there's going to be a pandemic. Now, that is either unparalleled prescience or a little bit of planning. And I'm tempted to lean into the latter. Now, if you would like to add a few gems to your tinfoil crown, then I suggest you search for Event 201 on the internet, which happened in New York in October of 2019, and you will really get your conspiracy theory on there. There you have simulations regarding PPE and news coverage, fake news coverage. And they talk about in October 2019, what would happen if there were to be a novel coronavirus that would spread around the world and we were short on PPE. And then you had people who were peddling conspiracy theories and the media had to come against it. And what if we curtailed free speech and freedom of travel and freedom of association? And it was all a simulation in October 2019. Okay. Now, while we're talking about planning for pandemics, that's this was the past, now this is the future. 200 UK scientists at the government's high security Porton Down Laboratory Complex in Wiltshire are developing vaccines in preparation for the next pandemic for an unknown disease called, and this is not a joke, disease X. 
They have a list of animal viruses that are capable of infecting humans and could spread rapidly around the world in the future. By the way, we have the receipts. Check the description. All the links are there. To, to bet. We're not just pulling out sci-fi out of our hat here. So Professor Dame Jenny Harries, the head of the UK Health Security Agency, told Sky News, quote, what we're trying to do here is ensure that we prepare so that if we have a new disease X, a new pathogen, we've done as much of that work in advance as possible. Hopefully we can prevent a pandemic. But if we can't and we have to respond, then we have already started developing vaccines and therapeutics to crack it. Again, I don't know how they could nail down exactly which vaccines and which disease and how they're going to deal with it. So again, it sounds like a little bit of prescience and a little bit of a little bit of planning. So according to the Sky News reporter Thomas Moore, quote, the high security laboratory was a testing facility for injections against new COVID variants. And they're now extending that work to account for what might be the next pandemic. That's a what, what might be the next pandemic. You read through those read through that sentence a little bit here. Uh, they don't know what it will be, which I don't believe, a virus or bacteria or some other pathogen. So it's just called disease X. More explained. And here you have it. Just more fear mongering, more keeping the threat of some sort of virus before the public. Um, and unsurprisingly given what went on in in you know the covid pandemic they're trying to head this one off at the past they're trying to create rapidly create some sort of vaccine that will stop the next pandemic and the point is that it's nothing new because that's yeah. exactly what the ceo of moderna said this yeah. is the point so we're now we're saying oh this it's a shot in the dark there's no way that they're going to be able to nail this but here you have the CEO of Moderna saying, well, actually, we knew there was going to be a pandemic in 2020. So that's why we made sure to have a billion doses because we had 100,000 back in 2019. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. what? So it's not changing. It's the same play here. Yeah. And we know how well, even with uh, the rap rapidity of the, the prescience, if <laughs> as you have said, or the planning, uh, they still created a vaccine that was not a vaccine. It was an experimental gene therapy that was extraordinarily damaging to human beings. So I can't imagine just taking a shot in the dark with this disease X will be any better. But I've noticed a lot of people, disease X was trending on Twitter, and a lot of people are like, what kind of clown world do we live in that these medical professionals, the same ones that were dictating our every move for two or three years, are just randomly throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks? It's just absolutely crazy. But given the fact that, as you said, we have evidence of event uh, 201, we have evidence again of Moderna talking about planning for an upcoming pandemic. Let me, know let me let me let me let me add a few other crystals, by the way, to people's yes. tinfoil crowns, because my wife, my it. wife and I were talking about this last night. Look up catastrophic contagion 2025. So the same kind of people who put on event 201 in October 2019. In, I believe, October 2022 at John Hopkins in New York in coordination with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the WHO, all very so evil just, players. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so they, they had something called catastrophic contagion, which was another simulation that there was going to be an enterovirus in 2025 and how they would deal with it. So 
we'll see what happens in 2025. But again, this I this I do not feel easy about this. In the, I'm not worried like I'm going to get sick and die and the lockdowns don't scare me. I'm just uneasy about the Orwellian world. Like I'm reading 1984 right now and I'm seeing <laughs> 1984 play out before me. And it's a little unsettling to see all this happening at the same time. Yeah. Anyways, Musk had that great continue. hat. Continue. There's like, lot, lots make, more stories. Yeah. Make Orwell fiction again. Uh, but yes. I mean, still on uh, disease and pandemics, Andrew, let's move into our next story. And this is extraordinarily important stuff. Dr. Meryl Nass at a, a, just a past Euro event explained what the WHO pandemic treaty is really all about. And we want to play that video for you now. We're undergoing a soft coup. And the idea is to create a whole new set of laws and ignore the existing human rights laws and other laws under the pretext of pandemic preparedness and the biosecurity agenda. The WHO is developing through all its nations, but with the WHO directorate in the United States in charge, a pandemic treaty and amendments to the existing international health regulations that will remove the human rights protections currently um, embedded in the IHRs, will enforce surveillance, censorship, get rid of freedom of speech, require governments to censor and only push a single narrative. Also, we will be sub subject, if, if they can make this work, to vaccines developed in 100 days, which the organization CEPI is planning to do. And one of the people who founded CEPI was Jeremy Farrar, who is now the chief scientist at the WHO to bring this forward. Um, other things that, uh, that amendments do is to bind the state so they are no longer recommendations but enforceable edicts, uh, provide a liability shield, get rid of intellectual property rights, move supplies from one country to another, um, enforce digital passports, and the director general of WHO can demand that a pandemic or a potential pandemic exists. He can just declare it with no standards and then countries around the world will have to obey. Uh, also, the WHO will tell you what drugs you can and can't use in your nation once a pandemic is declared. Obviously, the budget will increase. Um, one Health is another part of this. One Health is a concept that was created to enable the WHO with these documents to take over jurisdiction of everything in the world by saying that climate change, animals, plants, water systems, ecosystems are all central to health. Also embedded in this concept is a peculiar notion that humans are no longer of greater value than animals. Whoa, that is some insane stuff. So if you didn't get that, this is the desire of the WHO. It's to create a new regime of international laws that ignore and supersede existing international human rights laws, as well as 
laws that govern sovereign nations by turning these recommendations, which this is the basis of how the WHO operates right now, into enforceable edicts. So essentially what would happen with this treaty is it would create the it would give a sovereign power over to the WHO to install a public health regime that can essentially control the entire world and its resources. That's what's being essentially put forward here. A part of that is they want to censor freedom of speech, which we saw with the Twitter files and all that. They want to enforce surveillance via via digital passports. So that's entryism in this new um, fourth industrial, which is already in place for the EU. By the way, there are a number of countries in the EU that already have Mm -hmm. the digital passport agreement with the WHO. So that is that is locked in. That'll dovetail. Yeah, there's a story coming up soon about that. Yeah, yeah. So. They also want to make people subject to the implementation of, of vaccines developed in less or in in a hundred days, um, which is, I mean, that's it's vaccine developments usually counted in years, not days. Um, yet we're talking about one third of a year. So we're going to even increase the rate of experimental vaccination uh, that the WHO can just unilaterally force on every jurisdiction in the world under this treaty. And all of this is, of course, in the name of pandemic preparedness and biosecurity. But also we have to understand what she said at the last uh, part it, in this in the treaty is this concept of one health that is not it we're not only public health isn't only responsibility responsibility for the health of their communities and na- nation states um, but every living thing on this earth is connected in one health system therefore uh, things like animals and plant life nature is put at the heart of this new pandemic treaty and therefore what we've talked about on this program all the time andrew the the greatest existential threat to all of humanity according to this globalist neo-malthusian death cult it's climate change. Therefore, climate change, as we've already seen implemented in our nation, right? Who's heading up the new team of, of pu- public, the, the intersection of pu- uh, public health and climate change? Dr. Teresa Tam. There you go. That's ultra crepidarianism if I've ever seen it. But this is what's happening, Andrew. And why should we be surprised given what they think about climate change, right? And this dovetails into our next sto- story here. On the issue of climate control, we want to play you a video of the United Nations chief, Antonio Guterres, a communist from Portugal. He's literally a communist using fear-based propaganda that has nothing to do with scientific accuracy in order to force the UN's globalist climate agenda on the world. This clip made the rounds on the internet because of the language that is being used by this communist jerk. And for scientists, it is unequivocal. Humans are to blame. All this is entirely consistent with predictions and repeated warnings. The only surprise is the speed of the change. Climate change is here. It is terrifying. And it is just the beginning. The era of global warming has ended. The era era of global boiling has arrived. The air 
is unbreathable, the heat is unbearable, and the level of fossil fuel profits and climate inaction is unacceptable. Leaders must lead. There you have it. Global so the, the, boiling. The era of global boiling is so terrifying that they still fly in jets around the world and still have <laughs> all of their beachfront cliffside property that technically should be destroyed in the next 10 years because of erosion and because of climate change. So clearly they're believers. And by clearly they're believers, I mean they're giant corrupt hypocrites who know that it's a lie in order to amass power and control and wealth for themselves. Yes, and w I mean, maybe I could add in the description below some notes on the the real push for what's now called degrowth, Andrew. And this is the idea of population control, of, of, of stopping, right? The idea that's undergirding sustainability. Um, normal people might think sustainability is like oh let's maintain forests so then we can have a, a picturesque beauty in our communities to look at and parks so we can enjoy nature or yeah let's recycle plastic and cardboard so that we're not filling the ground with yes. unnecessary waste responsible yeah. that sounds, stewardship. That sounds good i'm okay yeah. with that yeah. yeah so a lot of people but but no the 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 undergirding philosophy in this neo malthusian death cult of, as i've called it, it is that essentially humanity is charting a course that is in itself unsustainable so in order to create a more sustainable pathway for the future one that takes nature and puts it at the heart of everything that we're doing right one that includes stakeholders from every uh, place in the world including nature as its own stakeholder so that gets into what uh, Dr. Nass, Nass was talking about is animals and, and nature are equally on par with humanity. Um, therefore, if we're going to consider all those things, economic growth, as we've seen it, ex exponentially grow year over year over year over year, decade over decade since the Industrial Revolution. Well, that can no longer continue, Andrew. We have to get used to experiencing life with a lower set of standards life with uh, not not all of us though only some of us <laughs> well it, exactly exactly and that's a, an a, obviously a very not, important not point. the inner not the inner party no just exactly. the outer party and the proles yes as we read in 1984 the inner party gets to have all the good coffee and all the good food no exactly and that that's that is what we're seeing so th and, and you see how that's this is going to work practically right Governments across the world, through fiscal irresponsibility, debt spending, Keynesian idiocy, monetary, modern monetary theory implementation, blowing money into the economy, they've destroyed the world economy. It's, I know financial professionals, and nobody, even at the highest ranks, thinks the current trajectory of our financial system is remotely sustainable. So when they destroy your wealth, when they destroy your savings, when they destroy the economic um, foundations of our society that's led to human flourishing and like we've never seen before, they are just going to say, well, this is this maybe isn't a bad thing because we were on a unsustainable path. So you're going to have to get used to eating bugs and not having air conditioning and not, you know, all these things. We have to understand that this is coming. So Andrew, unfortunately 
the global list insanity doesn't stop here. And we want to just quickly round up this section of the podcast by touching on a few more stories, one that we've already alluded to that are, are, are continuing to go on that's pushing us in this directory. So how about this madness? And this is what you were touching on. Beginning early 2024, residents of 62 countries that currently enjoy visa-free visitation to the EU will need to pay a fee and submit an online application to visit a large portion of the European Union. This includes biometric information, work experience, medical conditions, and and an initial itinerary, as well as passing a criminal security background check. The European Travel Information and Authorization System, ETIAS for short, is projected to cost seven euros per application and take up to 14 days to render a decision. Europe's economy is terrible. They rely on um, travel and they rely on tourism. This is only going to make things more uh, burdensome and cumbersome. And what is it doing? Well, it's setting up all these uh, entry points for this new globalist system, as Andrew talked about. So let's keep moving. Here in our nation, Canada is the first is releasing or uh, rolling out its first totally cashless convenience store, Vendor Convenience, and that has opened in Edmonton. It's open 24-7 and is totally cashless. Quote, all you need is your phone to enter the store and pay for your go-to favorites. Vendor Convenience stated in an advertising materials quote life can be unpredictable and we understand that whether it's an early morning coffee run a midnight snack craving or a forgotten item on your grocery list we've got you covered day and night check out in the app with the push of a button pay with debit and credit vendor convenience has said so there you go andrew cashless society that's coming as well central bank digital currencies remember, that's on the horizon I, I, I remember being called i remember being called crazy when uh when when people were saying listen they're trying to get they're trying to go cashless because if one convenience store can go cashless why can't another and why can't grocery chains make mm-hmm. the move like if 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 one convenience store is legally allowed to reject legal tender yeah. Like if you show up with a twenty dollar bill, they're like, sorry, we can't take that. Mm-hmm. If they're legally allowed to do that, then why can't Loblaws? Yeah. Why can't Walmart? Yeah. It's why setting a precedent. Oh, that's sure. crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep <laughs> saying that's crazy. And let's just let's just see these stores pop up anyway. Anyway, we we got, we got a final story to talk yes. about, and it's something that's very near and dear to both of our hearts, which is <laughs> Which is which is food and meat and specifically yes. a good a good I had a really good uh, I had a really good uh, kind of balsamic glaze grilled barbecue chicken yesterday that was nice. delicious but apparently that might be coming <laughs> to an end. Well, I made I made cordon bleu yesterday and it was delish. So um, yes, the last story that we want to touch on is something dear to our hearts and that's meat. So while everybody was freaking out, Andrew, about the billionaire taking a sub down to the Titanic, this happened right under our noses. It's almost as if legacy media changes the stories in order to confuse and distract us. But yeah. I wouldn't. Before you play be this video, I gotta, 
I just want to I just want to highlight that fact for us that we saw this in the last year that the pivot was instant. So you had COVID was ravaging, and then people had COVID COVID fatigue, and all of a sudden, bang! I'm Mark Graves and Cam Loops. Every mm-hmm. child matters. Canada's racist. Okay, that's done. Let's go back to COVID being terrible because it's really really terrible. Uh oh, more COVID fatigue. Um, scandals with the prime minister. Bang! Ukraine now. Oh, okay, that's good. Okay, the scan. Okay, let's go back. And then it's COVID, COVID, COVID. And then all of a sudden, oh, monkeypox. Oh, mm-hmm. and it turns out that monkeypox is 95% men who have sex with men. So in June, monkeypox goes away. But then all of a sudden, monkeypox <laughs> is back at the end of June. And then yeah. it's like, what? It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's almost seems like that's intentionally yeah. curating mm-hmm. and, and forcing the news. We've touched on that. Exactly. The, the curation, uh, uh, the bias of the media is not only seen in how they cover stories, but what stories they choose to cover and which ones they don't. This is a story that got little coverage, but let's play a video of some of the coverage that it actually did receive. Well, it's a new age meat production. The first time the agriculture department has approved the sale of chicken made from animal sales. Sale cultivated or cultured meat as it's being called is grown in steel tanks using cells that come from a living animal. It comes out sheets and is cut to mimic real meat. Two California companies, Upside Foods and Good Meat, they've been racing to be the first in the U.S. to sell meat that does not come from slaughtered animals. But don't run to the grocery store just yet looking for this kind of meat because it's much more expensive than meat from animals and producers can't make huge batches of it just yet. Getting USDA approval now opens up the pathway for us to sell cultivated meat here in the biggest market in the world, uh, in a place that's one of the biggest meat producers in the world, and I think lends a lot of credibility towards what this is going to be in the future. Companies making this kind of meat will be subject to federal inspections required to sell that meat and poultry in the U.S. I'm going to pass because as soon as the script said they've been racing to try to be the first, yeah. no. I guess you've got to stop and weigh your pros and cons. What are the benefits? If, they, if it's not going to be cheaper, will it be healthier? Um, I know some people will say, well, it's not killing animals. So I guess it's about weighing your options, but... I mean, it'll be a, a, a select market for, for this. Some people will probably buy it, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. And others, like us, probably, we, we won't. Yeah, yeah no, it's I'm definitely gonna a pass, pass from, that. Yeah, definitely a pass. Let me, let me, I love let me just commentary. set the record straight. Let me just com- set the record straight here, okay? As of time of filming, it's during the day. If, if, if you are, dear audience, if you were watching this or listening to this live tonight, Thursday evening, while this is going on... I will be out at a restaurant with a friend enjoying half price chicken wings. So just so we're clear, I will be I will be enjoying many chickens who selflessly gave up their lives so that I can enjoy some delicious chicken wings while ghouls like that at trader Mr. Tetrick over there, a globalist bidding by making mm-hmm. fake chicken which I'm sure he uses cricket seasoning on it as well to give yeah. it that extra that extra Schwabian flair, if we can call yeah. it that. And, and I was reading a story, I'll, I'll try and find a link in the description below, too, that there's already concerns. Like, this isn't even really hit mass market. There's already concerns on the safety uh, of consuming meat that is generated in this way. So... 
the FDA has gone out and improved it because we know they're a political organization and not truly a f <laughs> an organization that's worried about consumer safety. Um, but it is something that uh, it, it, it's it's so gross. It looked bad too. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it didn't look good at all. No. You know what it looked like? It actually it actually looked like a frozen pierogi. Did you get that sense from it? I just thought about it now. Well, it looked yeah, like I whenever know. I buy frozen pierogies before you cook them, it just looked like dough. Yeah. It looked like a moon-shaped dough, except it's probably not nearly as delicious as a fried pierogi with melted cheese and Frank's Red Hot and sour cream. I'm just thinking, and I'm just that's what my wife and I enjoy. Anyways, so what's the answer? What's the answer to globalism? How do we deal with globalism? I'm glad you asked that question. We need to talk about our friends over at Bull Bitcoin. Separating money from the state is a, tor a core tenet of Bitcoin's ethos, a permissionless network where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted exchange since 2013, is built around this ethos and leverages it in its mission to end central banks forever. At Bull Bitcoin, where security and privacy are priority, they take it upon themselves to help empower individuals with the most potent form of money the world has ever known. Head over to mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC today and get started with your account creation. Contact Bull's best in the business customer support team at any point throughout the process to request assistance. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Take control of your money. And two things. One, you can now buy Bitcoin with cash at Canada Post, thanks to what our friends at Bull Bitcoin have set up. And you can also donate to us on libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate anonymously through Bitcoin, also set up with the help of our friends over at Bull Bitcoin. Now, our friends over there, right? Andrew, they're changing the game, right? Like, yes, they're... I'm so proud, like, whether you like bull, whether you're a Bitcoiner or not, I hope everybody can appreciate that these guys are changing the game as far as yep. uh, how things work financially. I appreciate trying to, that. Try, trying to create legitimate ways for you to get out of both the fiat system mm -hmm. and also have more privacy and more control of your wealth. So these are, these are freedom-loving Canadians, absolutely. Now, right along with the push toward globalism is what we're calling the woke takeover of Western culture. And as I said early on, this is like two demons who are holding hands, skipping in the park, singing about how they're going to destroy Western culture, globalism and wokeism. And we see this both abroad and here at home in Canada. So first, we want to take a look at international wokeism in the news in the last week or so. Uh, William Thomas, who many call Leah Thomas, but that's not his name. And yes, I am both dead naming and misgendering. William Thomas is a man pretending to be a woman and has gained fame in the world of swimming. As a man, he ranked around 500 among other male swimmers. So, you know, sub average. Since pretending to be a woman, however, he has climbed to winning several competitions and being among the top-ranked women, but he's a man. Now, apparently, other actual women who had concerns about this were told to shut up about it. They were forced to share a change room with a man, and they themselves would have to change in the bathroom stalls to hide from a man. If they kicked up enough of a stink, they were forced to undergo re-education so that they'd be more accepting of cultural Marxism. 
Check out this testimony here. In September of 2021, Leah Thomas began participating as a member of the Penn women's team. Leah, formerly Will, had personal best times in every freestyle event that were faster than the women's world records. Once the season began, Thomas was leading the country in multiple events while only placing in the top 500 in those events on the men's team. Thomas later became an NCAA champion in the 500-yard freestyle, the first NCAA champion in our women's team history program. While many of you already know this, what you do not know is the experiences of the women on the University of Pennsylvania swim team. My teammates and I were forced to undress in the presence of Leah, a six foot four tall biological male, fully intact with male genitalia, 18 times per week. Some girls opted to change in bathroom stalls and others used the family bathroom to avoid this. When we tried to voice our concerns to the athletic department, we were told that Leah's swimming and being in our locker room was a non-negotiable, and we were offered psychological services to attempt to re-educate us to become comfortable with the idea of undressing in front of a male. To sum up the university's response, we, the women, were the problem, not the victims. We were expected to conform, to move over, and shut up. Our feelings didn't matter. The university was gaslighting and fear-mongering women to validate the feelings and identity of a male. Now, this comes it. from the post-millennial. Here's, here's some of their commentary on this, which I think is helpful. Quote, Thomas broke records during the 2022 NCAA Women's Swimming Championships in Atlanta, Georgia. At that time, and as Scanlon attested, many women athletes had issues with Thomas' participation, but few spoke out. Those who did were targeted as transphobic and video of women athletes who expressed the view that Thomas' participation was unfair was censored and suppressed on Twitter because apparently it's okay to hate and punish women when a man is dominating them. I didn't realize that legacy media and Twitter, especially before Elon took over, was so against the equal treatment of women. Apparently they're okay with men dominating women and then punishing and silencing women for speaking up against it. You want to talk about a real rape culture, by the way, if we're going to talk about a real rape culture and women who have to be silent, who can't speak up, it's this. Because in the real world, I can tell you for a fact that if a man legitimately does rape a woman sexually and she tells a bunch of people, including a bunch of dudes, they'll handle it. And they'll handle him and they're not going to put him up on a throne and carry him around town like some hero. They will treat him the way he needs to be treated and he will be punished under the law. But this is a real rape culture. This is where women are told to shut up, be quiet, take the abuse, take being dominated by men. And here's where these men are actually celebrated and elevated and revered in the culture. It's gross. It's vile. It's a real, real problem. Now, just to talk about William, just quickly here at the end, this is how the post-millennial finishes off their article. Thomas has been outspoken about being trans, of course, and was recently seen sporting an Antifa super soldier t-shirt. Why not? There's the neo Thomas also, he also expressed a desire to compete in women's Olympic events because why not take everything away from women while you're at it, right? Yeah, that, that, and that's that's wokeism working itself out. 
And there was some also recent news, Andrew. Uh, just uh, Riley Gaines uh, appreciates uh, Miss Scanlon and, and Miss Gaines speaking out about their experience uh, competing against Thomas. Um, Scanlon as a teammate, uh, Gaines as the chief competitor to uh, Thomas. But there's uh, plenty of good social media evidence now from. Uh, a couple of uh, William Thomas's accounts, one of his official accounts and uh, kind of a burner account that he's been linked to that shows that um, William Thomas experiences autogynephilia, which means that he is sexually aroused by of the thought of him being a woman. And his uh his girlfriend has posted all sorts of satanic drawings stuff like that so there's a real it's it's evident when we actually peer beneath the floorboards peer beyond the headlines there's an evident spiritual battle going on here um it's it's far more than just swimming but i appreciate your commentary on this rape culture a, a culture where men dominate women with the approval of mm-hmm. institutions and society but it's, it is institutional because they're yes. defended by the law you have you have legislation defending so if you really want to talk about institutional systemic rape culture <laughs> yeah it would be this and thus the the <laughs> the iron law of woke projection never fails here we are once again it's it's inevitable. So while we're dealing with evil and deceived men, Andrew, who want to destroy femininity and ultimately bring about the unraveling of our culture, the destruction of dismantling, uh, dismantling of the Western uh, civilizations, Judeo-Christian foundations, we also have this quite despicable specimen of a human being to investigate the first trans woman to have a successful uterus transplant ovaries and eggs included and i want to be the first trans woman to have an abortion i will let a doctor who has successfully transplanted a uterine complex before cut the organs out of a willing healthy trans masculine donor place them in my body I will devote myself, heart and soul, to their aftercare. I will have as much gay sex as it takes, with as many trans women as it takes, and let the transphobes and homophobes scratch their heads, wondering what to make of it. And I want to be the first trans woman to have an abortion. That's a demon. You just, what you saw there, Andrew, is a demon wearing stupid yeah. star glasses in front yeah, of a pride progress play. That person could have said, We are Legion. Yeah. It, and, and it would have been exact. So I, I want to, I, I need to make sure that, that people clearly understand what he said before, before Matt, you give commentary and move on. But what, mm-hmm. what this man said was that he would like to replace his male sex organs with female sex organs. Mm-hmm. And he would like a woman who believes she's a man to donate her uterus and internals to him. And then he 
wants to have sexual interactions with men who think they're women but so they're that not. these men <laughs> can impregnate him. So right away, we're talking, I mean, we're talking Frankenstein. Yeah. It's eugenics. Like it's, evil it's, it's, it's eugenics. Wild. It's wild. Yeah. I want female sex organs so I'm a man, and then I want a uterus from a woman who thinks she's a man, and then I want to have sex with a man who thinks he's a woman so that mm -hmm. I can get pregnant. Now, all of this is vile, but all of this, according to this demon, is for one reason and one reason only. Because he wants to be the first trans woman or the first man who thinks he's a woman to have an abortion. This, this, I, I don't even like. What a goal! This is, this, this is. Now I can understand now, or or things like this make me understand and 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 make me hyper sympathetic to David in the Psalms pleading with the Lord to wipe his enemies out and and blot them from the face mm -hmm. of the earth. Yeah. I can I, obviously it would be wonderful if this man were to turn to Christ in faith. That would be tremendous. But I can understand the righteous indignation of the people of God who would look at that and say, Lord, for the sake of the child, the child who will be murdered because of this man and because of the damage that will happen to all the other people involved in this, would you please just destroy your enemies so mm. that we wouldn't have to see their evil persist? Yeah. I can I can understand that in the Psalms yeah. when I see videos like that. Imprecatory prayers were made for times like these. That That is for sure. But, I mean, can you see how we're not exaggerating when we use terms like death cult? Right? This, this scenario that this deranged, demonic person is conjuring up in their heads, it's myth, it's, it's made up, it's nonsense, but it is literally they want to destroy the healthy functioning body of men and women so that they themselves can do experimental therapies on themselves to, for the sole purpose of conceiving a child to murder that child. Yeah. Un like just like ghoulish. Yes. It truly vile, tr truly yeah. is vile and ghoulish. But it's not surprising. And Andrew, the sad part is, it's also not surprising that the church, the leftist liberal synagogue of Satan that always goes along with the demons in our culture, they're baptizing this type of behavior. And that leads us into the next story. So you can be certain that you're thoroughly captured um, by the medical establishment um, or sorry that your thoroughly captured medical establishment will attempt to help that e evil man uh, accomplish his Moloch worship and it will probably be at the expense of American taxpayers because we're seeing the push to make sure all these gender affirming surgeries are paid for by the taxpayer but the gender confusion and hatred of God and his creation isn't just relegated to those twisted men. No. As I was saying, synagogues of Satan across our nation with fake pastors who are women at satanic churches, they claim to be the Christian church and also take pleasure in profaning the name of God and 
mocking his Christ. And this next clip is a perfect example of just that. This is despicable. I invite you to rise in body or spirit and let us confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the ace quilt, whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love. So beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief. Amen. I mean, I what just, do they I believe need, in? It's not the God. I need to. I need to say this. Just watching that video reminded me of that meme from The Office, where you have. So you might not recognize The Office, but a female character and she's being interviewed and then she's shown two pictures and she said head office would like you to tell us the difference between these two pictures and then she says it's the exact same picture or it's the same thing and so the meme on social media is you know you'll have it, anyways it's a little bit of a joke so that that what what i just saw there was someone would like you to tell you the difference between these two that that man with the with the pink colored glasses and the woman and i would say they're the same things they are both the seed of satan doing the bidding of their master who's a liar and a murderer from the beginning that what you just saw was the same thing it's symptomatically it's differently but it is the same thing mm. it is a liar and a murderer from the beginning mm. who is working through those who were enslaved to him yeah. to advance a destructive, woke, death cult agenda. This is taking uh, a historical creed and confession of the Church of Jesus Christ down through the millennia, a, a glorious confession, and dragging it through the mud, literally so that they can take the Lord's name in vain. It, it's despicable. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting. And this is the spiritual root that leads to all sorts of crazy destructive death cult behavior and the the people who baptize this type of things they are in league with satan and that is just when they're praying to god they're praying not to god but to yeah. the devil and that that needs to be clear we might need to do a full video of just responding to that sparkle creed because maybe somebody's going to push back against you andrew and say oh you dead named and you misgendered and misrepresented a trans person how much more is that bad when you do it to the living god of the universe especially considering the video isn't even accurate because technically god's pronouns are he him if you want to yes. be technical yeah. He self-identifies as he him. Well, that's what so I'm saying. It's they're misgendering even, him. Yeah, they're not even eh, whatever. Yeah, oh, it's, it's nonsense. But all right, what, what else do we got? Um, what else do we got? Anyways, this, this makes this... me want to go hug my kids and my wife and take a spaceship to 
Mars with Elon and yeah, start yeah. over again there. Anyways, well, continue. This continue. This uh, this is from the church leaders. Edina Community Lutheran Church, ECLC, in St. Edina, Minnesota, recited the creed together on Sunday, June the 25th, which was the final Sunday to occur during Pride Comes Before the Fall Month. The recitation was led by Anna Heligen, who serves as co-wolf of the congregation ECLC is a member of the Evangelical Lutheran Council in America the ELCA and has been part of the denominations quote reconciling in Christ initiative which seeks to foster the full welcome inclusion and equity there's that leftist term that they love of lesbian gay bisexual transgender queer intersex and asexual aromantic lgbtqia plus lutherans since 1985 oh andrew this is so tiresome rounding one out- more one Ra- more. Here we go. Rounding out our international wokeism. We still have stories. to talk about wokeism domestically. I know. We're only, we're only talking about wokeism abroad. We still got to bring it back home to us. I know. We got to move go. along here. Another twisting of the scriptures comes from Canada's real leader, the Chinese Communist Party. The CCP has embarked on a 10 year project to rewrite the Bible and other religious texts, Andrew. That is not a joke. For example, in John's Gospel, when the religious leaders bring a woman who was caught in adultery before Jesus after interacting with them and her accusers leaving, uh, Jesus says to the woman, I no longer condemn you. Go and sin no more. In the rewritten Gospel of John, Jesus proceeds to stone the woman to death himself. You've got that right. Utter and total blasphemy to fit the political purposes of the Communist Party of China. Not unlike what we just saw in that 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 creed that is utter blasphemy to fit the yeah, political there's, there's purpose. An, there's the other of office wokeism. meme. Yeah. The yeah. co wolf the co wolf at the church <laughs> yeah. and Xi Jinping. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um and across the Hainan province, local CCP officials forced Protestant churches to replace the Ten Commandments with Xi Jinping quotes. Thou shall not, uh, thou shall have no other gods before me was rendered resolutely guard against the infiltration of Western ideology. Aren't you so glad that the leader of our nation admires and envies the basic de- dictatorship that is china yeah. yeah because they can just turn their economy on a dime yeah and because because the reality is justin trudeau would love to be able to rewrite the bible 100%. in a way to suit his needs <laughs> and he would love to be able to imprison re-educate and slaughter christians and then have everyone back him up on it. He, I'm sure he would love that. Yeah, not just the Bible, but the Quran now too. <laughs> I'm sure he mm-hmm. wishes he could just take all the holy v- books and filter it through his uh, gay friend there. You all know our he shouldn't, have gone, he, he shouldn't have gone all in on <laughs> Islam because now yeah. he's gonna now he's really has to walk it back. Uh, anyways, all right, that's wokeism abroad. Let's move on. Wokeism abroad. Now, while Pride comes before the fall month is over. And there are more and more institutions that continue to push the rainbow agenda. 
This includes our banks and other financial institutions. I mean, I'll, I'll just call it out. I, we, we stopped banking with TD because I, I just could not stand the rainbows everywhere. I, I just couldn't stand that on their TV screen when they would have the ads playing, you would have every couple represented except for the straight white couple. Every other combination you could think of was there. And so it's clearly there in banks and financial institutions. So while we still need to have bank accounts and access to mortgages, and there are ways that we don't have to deal with the big five in that, we don't have to leave our investment capital at the banks and other financial organizations that oppose our Christian values. So why are you still working with a financial advisor, financial advisor who dutifully dons the rainbow lapel pin in June and adapts the globalist agenda when it comes to critical race theory, ESG, climate change, and now 15-minute cities? Jonathan Wellam and his team at Rocklink are independent working to apply Christian truth and principles to their investing. Stop dreading your conversations with your woke financial advisor. Email Rocklink at info at rocklink.com or visit them at www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C. So international wokeism is appalling. Mm -hmm. Wokeism is also a domestic product. Yep. Canadian news has been full of neo-Marxist stories for us to consider. When I saw this one, I kind of shrugged my head and and. For, for a couple of reasons, I'll explain why in a bit. Uh, the Edmonton corn maze has a different theme each year for its corn maze, as most corn mazes do. And the one here where I am, just north of Kingston, every year it's a different theme. Well, this year, it chose to honor the RCMP. Now, the RCMP has shown itself to be led by political activists and corrupt officials, including being the personal goon squad for the prime, time, prime tyrant during the Freedom Convoy. Now, for choosing the RCMP theme, the Edmonton Corn Maze issued an apology, but not for the real reasons that I mentioned, because that would be a legitimate reason to apologize. Hey, we're sorry that we support a political activist, corrupt national police force that's used at the behest of the prime minister as goons to punish freedom-loving Canadians. I could kind of understand that. No, no, no. Their apology was to virtue signal and appease the woke monster. So part of a Facebook post from the Edmonton Cord Maze reads as follows, quote, At the time of creating the design, our intention was not to overlook or downplay the concerns associated with the RCMP, but again, not the legitimate ones that I mentioned, the woke ones. Continue, we recognize that our approach did not adequately take into account the hurt and harm that the RCMP's history has caused various communities. Again, there's legitimate hurt and harm that the RCMP has caused freedom-loving Canadians in the last few years, but that's not what they're talking about. What are they talking about? They continue, including Indigenous peoples and people of color. We acknowledge that such a portrayal may be perceived as insensitive and dismissive to these valid issues. We are sorry. We originally made the design to highlight some of the work the RCMP is doing throughout the province and around the country. We also realize there's a history with the RCMP that we have to remember too. It's not all good. How about this story that was published by The Guardian in the UK stating that a watchdog confirms that Canada has zero pro-choice MPs. Which is laughable. That's 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 a. I mean, the leader of 
the conservative party is pro-choice. What, what an absurd thing to say, but this is from the guardian that propaganda rag in England quote, a vote on a controversial bill meant to expand fetal rights in Canada has left the country without a single pro-choice conservative MP, according to an abortion watchdog organization. If they don't know what a baby is, I don't trust them with anything else. This week, Hold the on, abortion Andrew, rights... We, yeah. Why would... The Guardian has to know this looks so sketchy. Hey, the people that we're going to go to for a story is an abortion rights activist group in the mm-hmm. in the ARCC. Yeah, like yeah. it's so insane. This is just but like literally activist propaganda put forward as news. That's all it is. Continue. Mm-hmm. So this week, the Abortion Rights Coalition of Canada, the ARCC placed the last remaining 15 conservatives on its list of anti-choice MPs after they voted in support of Bill C-311, dubbed, of course, the woke would say, the Violence Against Pregnant Women Act. Now, as I've said, this is complete nonsense because there are many pro-infanticide MPs within the Conservative Party. However, and this is how this is how the story, this is how why we want to talk about wokeism domestically because this was the uk story how quick to share this garbage was prime minister justin trudeau's chief chief of staff katie telford so she shared the story she shared the article and posted the following quote canada has zero pro-choice conservative mps she was obviously fact-checked by twitter the claim was quickly labeled false by the community notes team uh, X, by the way, it, it was called false by X's community. X was called Twitter before the rebrand last week. So Twitter X, I'm sure people still be calling it Twitter retroactively. Um, but it's unbelievable. So this is what she posted on 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 her on her Twitter here. Quote, Bill C-311 is a 78 word bill that does not contain the word abortion, wrote the note applied to Telford's post. Continues, the bill is to protect a pregnant woman with aggravating circumstance for the purpose of sentencing. But what else would we expect from the chief of staff of a prime hypocrite that has flat out lied on countless occasions that she herself would be a dealer in lies and propaganda? So only to push a woke narrative completely lies about the fact that I might, again, I, I can't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would argue that the majority of conservative MPs and MPPs are okay with the murder of babies in the womb at the very least at some point, yeah. maybe not the day before, but the majority, I would say the overwhelming majority of conservative MPs and MPPs support the idea of murdering a preborn baby at least at some point throughout mm-hmm. the pregnancy. Yeah. So this is garbage. So Andrew, I wish that this were the case. I wish that Telford wasn't a lying sack of, you know, I wish this were the case that we had an actual conservative party that was going to interpose on behalf of the victims of abortion against the violent act that abortion is. I wish that were the case. That is not the mm-hmm. case in the conservative party. And this is all just fear mongering again, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, in order to cudgel Canadians back from supporting their political opponents. They'll lie, cheat, steal, and fear monger 
all the time so long as it fits their political purposes. Why would you trust any party that is this manipulative and this like immoral? But nevertheless, here we are. This is Canada in 2023. Well, moving on, Andrew, here is a doozy coming to us from the world of sports. And as everybody knows, the Women's World Cup is on as we speak. And Canada flamed out extraordinarily hard, didn't even make it to the round of 16. But they did make news in Woke World. A a Canadian soccer player who goes by just her last name as a mononym, Quinn, is stealing all the headlines at the Women's World Cup. Uh, Quinn is the first transgender and get this non-binary player to play at the fifa world cup now if that sounds odd to you you're not alone how exactly can someone be transgender and non-binary at the same same time one would be left wondering but i mean all this is fake and made up regardless further if she is transgendered shouldn't transgender superstar male soccer player quinn be playing on the men's team anyways the reality of course is that quinn can't play on the men's team because she wouldn't be good enough ultimately quinn's story perfectly illustrates the nonsense that exists in the transgender sports movement the competitive advantage that biological men have is completely unfair over that of women and rounding out the woke madness at home in Canada is a story of an indigenous man. And this is an extraordinarily sad story. Lois Cardinal, who while pretending to be a woman had surgery to create for himself a fake neo vagina, the surgery, which is a godless Frankenstein experiment, much like the ones that we were talking about that, that were in the fantasy of that sick t- demonic uh, leftist left Cardinal in extreme amounts of pain, obviously. Cardinal said this, quote, it's taking this psychological burden on me. If I'm not able to access proper medical care, I don't want to continue to do this. I mean, the surgery in and of itself is improper medical harm. Anyways, Cardinal applied for doctor-assisted murder because of the pain both psychological and physical but because of this reason i guess he was denied for that surgery quote based on current clinical information and consultations the patient does not meet current made criteria so if you're a transgendered person so-called and you're experiencing harm and trauma from that surgery the government says you can't kill yourself if you're an old person go right ahead cardinal said this denial for made constitutes a quote human rights concern and that the doctors in canada are so captured by gender ideologies that they pay more mind to my pronouns than they do bringing me better medical care well killing you is not that medical care denying you that sick frankenstein surgery would have been aside from speaking on this cardinal has publicly stated his strong opposition to the targeting of kids in uh, regard to gender ideology and transition arguing that children and other vulnerable canadians are quote falling prey to a trend that is 
becoming medicalized. There you have it. This I got. I got two things. In. Yeah, two things to say, and then uh, and then I'm done. And then Matt, you can land the plane. The two things to say are this: that last statement there about Cardinal, who's speaking out against targeting kids for this stuff, but yet he himself is in support of having gone through this procedure and now wants to kill himself is exactly what's wrong with the vast majority of political parties and representatives we have. So even ones that claim to be conservative or libertarian or freedom loving, they will say, yeah, trans and kids, bad. Gender ideology for kids, bad. But whatever an adult wants to do is fine. No, it's not fine. It's still bad and evil and wrong for adults to mutilate themselves and to harm themselves. And in the same way that intentionally harming a human being should be against the law it, it should also be that case when it's you as an individual and again these are the same people that would say yeah we're we're not opposed to all of abortion it's just certain abortions that we don't like or we clearly we have a problem with this stuff being thrust upon children but whatever adults do that's up to them they're consenting this kind of inconsistency, this arbitrary line drawing, the arbitrary foundations and standards are what's wrong with the Canadian political scene right now, which is why as Christians in Canada, we need to be principled in our voting and in our political engagement. And we need to stand on principle and we need to say, listen, it is always wrong. It is always dangerous. It is always a profaning of God and his design to twist the sexual norms and designs that he has put into place. Always, whether you're 10, 50, or 80, it doesn't matter. We need to affirm God's good and gracious design for marriage and sexuality, and we need to oppose anything that harms people or that twists that design, which will then lead to the destruction of our culture more and more. That's the first thing I want to say. It's it's the same thing as conservatives in the United States who will platform Bruce Jenner because he'll come out and say, it's so terrible, this gender ideology they're thrusting upon children while he himself is embracing the made-up fairy tale world lie that he's actually a, wo a woman in a man's body. So it's it's complete nonsense. that and, and that's exactly what we're seeing here from this man saying, I can do it, but it's wrong for kids. No, it's wrong, period. So we need to be principled and cast that aside. That's the first thing. The second thing I want to say is this. Um, it is, it's August the 10th right now. I just realized I misspoke at the beginning of the show. When I said August 8th, because like Matt said, we were supposed to record earlier and then the NSA shut down his internet and power. And so we had to reschedule for today. It's August the 10th. The first day of school in most schools, I believe, is September 5th or 6th. So that's that's just about four weeks. There is still time to not send your kids to neo-Marxist state-funded indoctrination centers for the destruction of their souls. There's still time. There's still time to connect with a good classical Christian school, or there's still time to homeschool, to buy curriculum, to do what needs to be done, to pick up the phone, to, to reach out to classical conversations, or other really good kind of homeschool, co-op supporting organizations. There's still time, and you can do it. There's still time to tell your employer if you're working, if it's both parents working, saying, hey, 
uh, I'm sorry, I need to stay home. And the education of my children is more important than having a second vehicle, living in a big house and making sure that we can go on the vacations that we do. This is, this is, this is going to sound heavy and strong. I understand that, but I'm going to keep banging this drum. If in order to maintain your standard of living, you need to have two jobs, you need to change your expectations. Yeah, but that means we can't live where we live. Okay, move, move, go to a place that's either not as expensive to live or a place where you can make it work or a place where there's a good classical Christian school. Yeah, but we've lived in this house forever. Okay, so it's an idol. Time to let it go. Time, time to let the idol go for the sake of your kids. The second car, the house, the vacations, the standard of living, whatever, let it go, kill it, put it away for the sake of your kids. Because if you think that by spending an hour or two of debriefing a night and youth group in Sunday school will be enough to stop either the indoctrination of your children or the destruction of their souls that we will see as a result of being a part of the system, then, I mean, you're de I'm sorry, you're deceived. So please, for the sake of your children, there is still time. You have a month. And you might be thinking, well, what do I do? How do I do this in a month? You know what? Reach out to us. Hmm. Reach out. Email us. Mailbag at LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. Yeah. Because I personally can help connect you with groups that support homeschooling. I can help, I can help suggest really good curriculum for kids of, of all ages from junior kindergarten all the way up to grade eight and even into high school, we can hopefully connect you with a good church or, you know, uh, that has a good classical Christian school and maybe a relocations in order. Listen, we, if you notice behind me, the bookcases are a little bit emptier than they normally are. And, uh, and the flag is up to cover the big hole where the books used to be. And the angle is different because my, my computer desk is gone. We're also as a family relocating for this reason is we're moving to a place, to a city, to a church. I'm not going to say what, what, where yet because I don't want the trolls to come after me in the church where I'm going. But we're relocating for the sake of our family. The top priority is the church moving to a solid, freedom-minded, Christ-honoring church. Mm -hmm. But we're also thinking about the education of our kids. And we're thinking about the cultural fight that we have for the next 40 to 60 years. So if I could exhort you, do whatever you have to do for the discipleship and the training of your children and for the spiritual well-being of your family, mm -hmm. there is still time to not put your kids in a system that is creating these kinds of, mm -hmm. of monsters. Yeah. And I, I just moved too. <laughs> that's, that's why the programming has been a little sparse. That's why my background's completely different. Uh, we're not, we're not just people who are on here as talking heads, just railing, that people would consider these things, but we're putting our money where our mouths are. We're actually uh, taking steps in these directions, considering all that's going on. And despite what the communist who somehow has been elevated to the highest ranks of the UN, well, because they're fellow travelers, that's how, um, despite what he says that we are in the era of global boiling, the reality is we are in the era of neo-Marxist, globalist boiling individuals families and freedom loving people across this world slowly in a pot of water mm -hmm. are we going to have more sense than a senseless frog or lobster and are we going to jump out of the pot 
and fight back in the necessary ways. We need to wake up. We need to continue to push back. And we need to do more than we are currently doing to fight this stuff. So we would encourage everybody to do that. You can help us continue to get the message out, continue to cover these stories that the mainstream media won't touch, continue to bring them truthfully to you so that we can continue to push back against this globalist um, push towards this just really tyrannical future for you and your families. And we don't want to have that happen. We must win and we must win by getting together banding together and fighting back against this nonsense. So until next time, Galatians 5.1. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work.